So today's episode is brought to you by the letter R. Just like on our favorite childhood TV shows. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of R's that we're going to be talking about. The, the main one is responsibility. Hmm. Yeah, this is kind of a follow-up from our last episode. We were talking about the effects of um, the prayer up method. And dis- we discussed a bit about trauma bonding. Yep. Um, deeper into trauma bonding today. Well, a little bit deeper into like overcoming the trauma bond. Yeah. Yeah. Which relates back to taking responsibility. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been, you know, focused on this series of like how to get yourself out of this situation where you found yourself with a narcissist. And, you know, we can actually recap a few things. So here's how to look at it. One, you didn't know you were a narcissist because they're really charming. Ram to think this is the ideal to go after. This is the kind of person you want. Yes. They're generally very successful, especially if they're a grandiose uh, type of narcissist, you know. That's the more popular leader, rich guy. And um, yeah, so you probably found yourself, you know, kind of entangled in the charms of a wonderful narcissist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very difficult to identify, you know, how to deal with relationships. See, if you were raised in a nice functional home, your good parents would have told you, this is what to look for. This is what to watch out for. This is how to manage yourself. Yeah. But, but most of us are not. Unfortunately, most of us are not brought up in a functional family. Yeah. So we're not taught this stuff. No, we, we don't reject people like that. We are attracted to people like that. And, and, and rightfully so, I get it. Like I said, uh, a really like on, on their performance day, you know, a narcissist is really a very attractive person. You know, people who are not narcissistic are often seen as kind of boring and plain, you know. Um, I'm, I'm almost tend to say vanilla, but you know, you know, but it's, it's like yeah, like an unflavored milk. You know, it's like just kind of plain, you know. Supposed to chocolate milk. Yeah, or or vanilla milk. I I used to like vanilla milk when I was a kid. You know, just saying. You know, like everybody else seemed to like chocolate. I always liked vanilla milk. Um, just one of those things. <laughs> I never liked the chocolate cake. I never liked the chocolate milk. I always wanted the vanilla cake. And then my dad introduced me to white chocolate. I was like, what? There's a thing? I thought that was delicious. But, you know, I digress. So back to trauma bonding. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's that thing you find yourself involved in that you didn't know was going to happen to you. But the reason that you're there is because there's also some things about you that make that thing possible. I'm still struggling sometimes even to like describe the emotions and the feelings I have about it because we interpret it as being person being mean to us. But the truth is, it's a mental health issue that they have. Absolutely. And they feel like if the thing they're doing, you know, is the best thing they can do to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Because the narcissist is driven by shame and insecurity and they don't want you to see their insecurities so that's their coping mechanism and that's how they relate to you but the damage the trauma that you receive is very real to you as well 
and therefore it has a real negative effect on your mental health. And the narcissist creates that trauma bond situation with you by doing, you know, a number of things to you. They gaslight you, you know, they tell you your reality isn't real. They don't allow you to test your truth by isolating you from other people. And therefore you find yourself depending on the narcissist for their perspective and their idea of reality. And they get to tell you what's real, who your friends can be, you know, what what things you can do at what time. You know, it's, it's a significant level of control. And, and if you follow along, they'll reward you. If you reject or resist, they punish you. Yeah. So over the, over a period of time, you know, all this love bombing, Mm-hmm. Followed up by, you know, that abusive discarding and humiliation, with then another dose of love bombing and reaffirmation of the relationship. Mm-hmm. You become trauma bonded. And when you were talking about how um, it's, it's a mental health issue and it's all related to their past yeah. traumas that they haven't dealt with. And it's funny because something just popped into my head as you were saying that how um, they project their issues onto you, like yes. they're your issues. When I was going to therapy and and uh, my last ex was, you know, getting all frustrated because I was, you know, um, like backing away mm-hmm. because I realized I was being abused. Yeah. And he, he told me, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm paying for your, your past. Mm -hmm. looking back now that's really interesting because that's exactly what was happening to me i was paying for your past issues that you haven't fixed yet but he tried to project it onto me yeah like he was was suffering from my past Mm -hmm. and that's another thing i have said before that's something that i really struggled with is determining whether like I have these these feelings because you you know things your body your mind knows things even when you're not ready to consciously accept it. Yes. So I knew that I was in a another abusive situation, but I went back and forth between is this from my past? Is it just my my past traumas coming up, or is this actually happening in the moment? And at this time, when he said that, I had already known a lot more about it, so it didn't affect me. But if I was back into that back and forth situation where I couldn't decide which one it was, that would have that would have confirmed that it was not the current situation, then it was the past. Because he was creating confusion, mm-hmm. and he was the one in charge of your reality, you were not. So, yeah, if you had stuck in there and kept believing in him and kept, you know, giving that element of trust. Mm-hmm. Get what I'm saying? Because you've now, like, basically what trauma bonding does is that it removes your ability to trust yourself. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you're putting all of your trust into your narcissist. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I heard, um, you know, my my good... um. She doesn't know this, but she's my mentor, um, Dr. Ramini. Yeah. <laughs> she said something that blew my mind, but then I calculated it, looked at it, did some research, 
And it is like so brilliant what she said. You see, gaslighting only works mm. if you have trust in yeah. a relationship. Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah. And, and and that's the critical thing that the narcissist does to you. You lose trust in yourself. Your relationship with yourself is eroded. And your relationship with the narcissist is strengthened. Mm-hmm. All of the trust that you're, you know, that you need to have in yourself is now placed in that other person. And that's how they're able to gaslight you. That's how they're able to tell you what you're feeling is not real. Mm-hmm. You're not being abused. Can't you yeah. see I love you? I was only joking. You know, yes. you, you felt hurt about that. Come on, what's wrong with you? Every time I would bring it up, he would deny, deny, deny. Yes. And that's the that's the brilliant thing now about listening to this podcast and doing your research, like recognizing that's the first R, recognizing, you know, that you need to take responsibility. <laughs> that's another R. Your relationship. Yes. <laughs> yes. You see, you got involved in this thing. It was your choice. Yep. But now you're stuck in this cycle. Your trauma bonding. And what's the cycle of trauma bonding look like? You're, you are literally forcing yourself to only recall the good things that happen. I did that all the time. It doesn't matter how much they abused you. Mm-hmm. You're going to put that aside. Yeah. Oh, but they did this nice thing. Or yes. They got the flowers after that big fight. And... Precisely. Yeah. Or, or how about the times when you just go to a really nice dinner? Oh, man. Right, and 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 they make such a big deal about it. Or it's your birthday. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying, right? And then they finally like, okay, I'll let you have a thing, and they pay for it. But then afterwards, when everybody's gone, you know, then they're saying, oh, what'd you get? Oh, you got a lot of presents. You got more presents than I did for my birthday. <laughs> oh, do you want this? And this is a really nice headset. Would you like? I'll take that from you. And mm-hmm. and then the abuse starts all over again. Yeah. Or when they take you out to dinner, mm-hmm. so it's your birthday. I was taken out for my birthday to the keg, mm-hmm. and I got the salmon because I absolutely love salmon. It was um, pistachio-crusted salmon, mm-hmm. and it was so good. So he took me out for this nice dinner for my birthday, and I'm sitting there. I'm enjoying the shit out of this sandwich because it was so good. About I couldn't hold it in because it was so good. I just uh, I kept saying how good it was, and the look on my face was probably like. Hey, you have an orgasmic look. <laughs> <laughs> and he he looks at me. He's like, "Well, you don't look like that with my cooking." No. And that comment, like, I was like. So I was way up here. I was experiencing this like food high. Mm-hmm. And then that one little comment, that nasty. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's a dig at you, you know. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're not supposed to have this much fun. And then as soon as he said that, I just my energy went way down. Mm-hmm. So they they do something for you and you enjoy it too much, according to them. And then they take it away from you. Yeah, because it's not about them. They cannot stand the idea of you enjoying yourself without their permission. Mm-hmm. You see, one of the most important things that you need to understand as a person who may be, you know, experiencing some of these things that we're describing, and, and you're wondering why, because that's the one of the other R's. You ruin it. 
You try to make sense out of an irrational thing. Yeah. Make sense out of something that doesn't make any sense. Right, because it's totally illogical the relationship you're in. I did that so much, so much. Yes, you, you literally spend all your time trying to figure out what I do wrong, mm -hmm. what's wrong with me. You know, like I tried so hard. You know, and and it's it's like that that constant thought in your head, and you're always thinking about them mm -hmm. every minute of the day. You're trying to figure out how can I make this relationship better? Yeah. How can I save this relationship? What can I do to make this person happy? Little by little, when they when they say something, you're not doing something right or mm -hmm. something's wrong with you, you make these little micro tweaks. Yes. A brick every time. Mm-hmm. Because you're making these adjustments, yeah. right? But here's the, here's the thing. This is the thing I want everyone to understand because... This is really, really critical that you get this. A narcissist cannot stand a person who is authentic. That's the reason why they do things like that to you. When you are being your authentic self, like enjoying that dinner, it makes them uncomfortable. Another point I wanted to bring up. Jump right in. Um, I know I've mentioned this road trip. That's when I first used the Grey Rock method. Mm -hmm. So I have these two friends that I've known for going on 30 years. We okay. went to Al or not, not elementary, um, middle school together. Mm -hmm. um, Crystal and Jen. And it was Jen's wedding. So we, that's why we went on this road trip. And I haven't seen Crystal in 20 years or so. Yeah. We talked on the phone or whatever, but um, I hadn't seen her in a really, really long time. So we went to the, to a barbecue the day before the wedding. And it was uh, me, Crystal, and Jen just standing around having an absolute blast. Yeah, Crystal and I were talking about, you know, the, the funny stuff we used to do in high school and make up these stories or whatever. We were laughing hysterically, having the best time being completely ourselves and he's standing there and we both noticed this look on his face like crystal even told me after the fact that she saw that he was starting to get more and more annoyed yeah and and then he just he couldn't take it anymore and he turned around and he walked away he did not like that and you would think like in a well in a functional relationship if you're standing there and you're seeing your partner having a blast with an old friend they hadn't seen in forever, there would be a huge smile on their face. You're not doing anything wrong. You're not cheating. You're not committing a crime. You're just having a great laugh. Reconnecting close friends. Yep. They see it as a threat. They see it as a possibility that this opportunity for you to be authentic mm -hmm. could possibly reveal the person that they really are. Yep. Yeah, actually. Punish you. It does. Oh, that's a good one. Yes. You being your authentic self reveals their true character. It does. That's why they don't want you to be your authentic self. Yes. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Huh. Yes. Well, so, like the actual thing isn't awesome, but that no, the, the revelation of it, right? Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. So, but when when you become aware 
like we are right now, right? Like somebody had to bring us into this recognition mm -hmm. that we're being abused. Because when you're caught in a trauma bond, like I said, you spend a lot of time ruminating, mm -hmm. you know, constantly rehashing, going over every single thing that you just did in that relationship. Like just like little conversations you had the morning before you left for work or whatever. And you spend the whole day just going over your head. Why was he so upset? What did I do? You know, like all these things keep happening to you all the time. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you find yourself is like, you know what? I'm going to make this better. I'm going to do this good thing. Because I remember and you start remembering all these positive things. Mm -hmm. But that's the trait of a person who's easy to set up to be trauma bonded to a narcissist. Mm -hmm. Because all your life, somebody's been telling you, oh, come on, stop crying. Don't have those feelings. Focus on the good stuff. Mm -hmm. So, see, you, you've learned to be overly hopeful in a way, but before being truthful. Mm -hmm. You see, there's nothing wrong with being able to examine the truth. But the challenge that we have, I don't know for sure this happened to me. I'm Mr. Positive. Yeah. I am Mr. Always look for the best in everyone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know this. Like, yeah. I'm always trying to be like, yeah, let's oh, come on, let's do this. Yeah. And then, you know? like, that, that, that works against you it with does. people because. Because some people are truly mean. Yeah. Some people, this is their truth. And when you refuse to accept the truth about what you're experiencing, mm -hmm. and you keep this selective recall, all you end up with is regrets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're in a relationship and you're in a constant state of regret. Yeah. Absolutely. And that leads to depression. Like an example of that would be you had an argument. Mm -hmm. and after the fact, when it's all over, you're like, oh, I should have said this or I shouldn't have said that. Or yep. uh, think of and it's after the fact it's already done mm -hmm. and you're still sitting there thinking about all the things you should have said most most of the time after the fact i thought about what i should have said um like to stand up for myself because yep. i had a really really hard time standing up to him because he told me that that was i had positive reinforcement that that was a bad thing. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Of course it does. It makes lots of sense. He was literally framing you to say to you in these little signals he was sending. Mm -hmm. If you stand up to me, this is not going to work out good for you. Yeah. But if you keep, you know, like being coerced or manipulated or, yeah, you know, you, you submit. Mm -hmm. When I get angry, when I start shouting, when you see me start to behave like this, you need to cover, you need to yeah. lower yourself. You have to back down, apologize, swear right. you'll never do it again. Right. And then he softens. <laughs> then he rewards you for allowing him mm. to bully you. Yep. But if if you ever like stand up to him, so and this is a thing that's been done over many years. This is actually something that's indoctrinated, especially into women. <laughs> You know, men can have all of these, you know, explosive, you know, expressions. And women are supposed to be quiet and, you know, meek and, oh, let's let the men blow that steam off. And then when he's when he's calmed down, 
then I'll talk to him and I'll touch him gently and I'll manipulate him too. So it, it's like this indoctrination of gender roles mm -hmm. that forces you to have to play out these little things. Now, in a functional relationship, are there really like arguments? Yes. But are there quarrels? No. You see, you can have a functional, healthy argument, which is we have a difference of opinion and we're going to express to each other mm -hmm. a difference of opinion and perspective. And the other person, while you're expressing, listens to understand. Mm -hmm. And then you have conversations about it. Yelling and screaming. Yeah, in a quarrel, no one is listening. Everybody's trying to force the other person to just accept their position and that's it. Yeah. There's no listening. Nobody cares what the other person is saying. They're just shouting louder and louder yeah. to win. And that's what happens in these narcissistic relationships. In fact, these people will literally start a quarrel with you and then beat you down just so that they got that supply. They love to know that you are angry or that you are engaging with them in some emotional, you know, outburst kind of state. Yep. And then they make up afterwards. It's all part of the cycle. Mm -hmm. Or the other thing, I'm not speaking to you. Have you ever had a silent treatment? I think that's one of their hallmarks. Yes. Right? They, and, and everybody has to know how angry they are or we're not getting along right now. Mm -hmm. How many people in the world have been indoctrinated to believe that this is normal in a relationship? Mm -hmm. So, just, uh, married couples do that all the time, you hear? Yeah. Oh, oh, you and Bob aren't getting along today? Oh, 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 that's okay. He'll come around. Eventually, he'll want some sex. Oh, did you cook him a good meal? You know? And he'll bring you home some flowers because now he's so sorry. Mm -hmm. It's a dysfunctional, awful place to be. What was one of those other R's? So we're taught everything relates back to responsibility. Yes. What was one of the other, what was the last R? So, well, in the trauma bond, you're ruminating, you're living in regret, and you have this selective recall. Those are the things that keep you stuck. But when you take responsibility for yourself and you stop being 50% of the relationship, yeah. You start to be a hundred percent an individual who's choosing to relate. Once you can recognize what type of relationship you're in, the next thing you need to do is determine that you're going to be resilient. Yeah. Now, to be resilient means that you know what, I've taken enough. This ends now. Yeah. And when you go gray rock, that's how you achieve it. Because now you're saying enough is enough. Nobody understands how to deal with this narcissist. Yep. I'm going to have to disconnect. I will not waste my time even presenting proof or arguments anymore. Yeah. Because you're wasting your time. You're trying to rationalize. You cannot relate in this way. Mm -hmm. That person is totally illogical, yeah. intentionally. It was when I decided that I was better than how I was being treated, that was the beginning of the end for me. Yes. I decided I was better than how I was being treated. See, here, here's the thing that happens, right? So you're in a relationship. And what you've been programmed to do 
is to treat your relationship like a whole. Like, like try to like you know, like somebody does an exam and they get one score, and that score determines if they pass or fail. So you're giving your relationship a pass, but in many elements to a relationship. So maybe you're a narcissist, and they usually are pretty successful when it comes to money. They work hard. You know what I'm saying? Yep. They, they, they always compare themselves to people and they do well in competition. Yeah. So that's why they have money or success or more than you do because they always take your money away from you too as well. Mm -hmm. So even if you were doing well, you can't have your own money, just so you know. Um, but here's the thing. So this person may be a good provider mm -hmm. in, in the sense that you get to live in a home with them, you should be sharing bank accounts or something. Yeah. But the reality of it is you're doing well because you're in a space for sharing with this person. Mm -hmm. However, they're still abusing you. Yeah. So they're it's, failing it's miserably. Yeah, on the treatment part, but they're doing well maybe on the financial part. Mm -hmm. So you're giving a whole pass when when only a small segment. Yeah, so, it's so weird how... Yeah, we just want to see the good in people. That's, but that's dangerous. You gotta watch yourself. You gotta stop giving them passes for the whole relationship when mm -hmm. they're only doing well in one, one small aspect. One subject, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so it's like going to university and you're really good at math, and you fail every other course. Yeah, <laughs> like you're sucking, dude. Yeah, you're not gonna pass. But when you recognize. Because now you're taking responsibility. Yeah. So now you need to be resilient. You need to overcome that position that you found yourself in and recognize, like, listen, I can't go back and fix anything. I'm no longer going to live in regret. I'm no longer going to keep ruminating and keep replaying all these conversations in my head, thinking I can improve this person yeah. and make our relationship better. No, you're wasting your time. You need to just keep moving towards taking care of you. Yep. Next thing you're going to do is have some functional reflection. Now, that reflection beats rumination. You see, when you're ruminating, all you're saying is it's like catastrophizing the situation. Mm -hmm. If I do this, if I leave him, where am I going to work now? How am I going to get that money? And I, you know, I'm really sorry. No. When you're taking responsibility for yourself, you begin to realize, I'm in this because I don't take care of me. Yeah. When you reflect on the situation now, you begin to see, he was actually taking my money away from me, or she was taking my money away from me. I can I actually have enough to take care of me if I leave this space. Once you're in it, you don't see it as them taking your money away. No, you see yourself as sharing. Yes. You're helping or like, that's how I saw it when I was living with him. I would pay the bills that I had and he would get all the rest. And I thought I was helping the household or, you know, helping with the, the household bills. And if you ever want to do something for yourself, you have to get permission from him. Or, and if I did it, even if I got permission, I would be made to feel guilty. Like I was being selfish. Or constantly reminded of what he did for you. Yeah. Exactly. See, so when you take responsibility and you take your power back, 
yeah, I don't want to ruminate anymore. I don't want to be constantly replaying conversations over and over again. No, I want to reflect. And reflection helps you to recognize where did you lose your power? And this is where I need to take it back. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. And the final R that we're going to give you today is relationship. You need to end dysfunctional relationships and you need to add functional relationships. Yes. You need to get into a relationship with a functional person, like a life coach, therapist, psychologist, whatever you need to guide you through the gray rock method and the exit. Yeah. From this abusive relationship. Yeah, like having support on the exit is huge. Exactly. No, here's what happens in between. You'll try to do some counseling. You're going to try to fix the relationship. Yeah. That person, when you engage their services, you went to them as a relationship or a marriage counselor. And the idea was they were going to mend the relationship. But the truth is, once you have seen all the traits that we've been describing in the other podcasts, and you recognize that you are dealing with a narcissist, the, the truth is, the, the honest truth is this, you cannot be in a committed relationship with a narcissist, because narcissists don't do committed relationships. In a relationship with a narcissist, you're owned. You're not equal. You're not 100% yourself. You have to be basically whatever they want you to be. Complete service to the narcissist is all you ever be. Mm -hmm. And the person that you think you love, they don't exist. Yeah. What you get is their representative. You get the showmanship on the outside. And then you experience that inside person when they're abusing you. That's who they truly are also. You see, they're both people. Yeah. They're both that nice, charming awesome rich successful beautiful whatever you found attractive in the first place they are that but they're also you know manipulative vindictive angry <laughs> you know full of shame uh, insecure right like low emotional intelligence they're also all of those things and there's so many areas of weakness yeah yeah looking back it's like I realized that the emotional intelligence of about a five-year-old, the, the little the ten, temper tantrums, the like, just all the stupid shit. You're like, looking back, it's like that's that's what toddlers do. Yeah, no, you can reflect from a different perspective mm -hmm. as opposed to ruining. Yeah, right. No, you can see the childishness. You can see the choices that they were making at the time, and you can say to yourself, "My." How did I get involved in this? Yeah. I'm resilient. <laughs> if not, you're going to get stuck in regret, which I did for like a lot of years. I was like, man, I wish I could have done this better. Oh, I'm so sorry. And then you go through the painful Yep. Oh, I remember when I went through that grieving process with the last one. That was, I mean, you, you witnessed that. Absolutely. Really tough. Well, like I said, this episode has been brought to you by the letter R. <laughs> and it's time for us to retreat <laughs> back to our regular daily lives. We really look forward to having more of this with you. Okay. All right. Well, I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. Uh, talk to you guys next week.